0: I want to be strong, to have the flexibility and confidence to play soccer with my kids or volleyball on the beach. I want to feel energetic and spontaneous with my husband. I want my body to feel the freedom to move and enjoy life, to hike Yosemite, surf in Hawaii, bike to the beach, to have fun with friends and not be limited. I want to do things that love my body, to feel and experience all the sensations of life. I want my body to be a force in nature that overcomes difficulty and resistance. I believe in health and wellness and daily consistent exercise. I'm here today with Shell Hamilton, the author, creator, and host of Meditation Mini's podcast. Her podcast has more than 12 million downloads and helps listeners let go of stress. The podcast was awarded the best religion and spirituality podcast of 2017 by the Academy of Podcasters. I'm delighted to be with Shell today. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me on the show today, Beth.
0: Yes, I'm really delighted to be with you and really looking forward to learning from you about meditation and letting go of stress, and just overall health and wellness. So tell me a little bit about your journey towards starting the Meditation Mini podcast.
1: (laughs) Um, Well, (laughs) it was not the show I was going to do. Um, I was actually, I have a very interesting relationship with massive resistance in my life. And, and I'm, old enough now to realize that every time this massive resistance comes up of a very particular type, that now I get to go, oh, there might be something juicy in there for me to explore. But in uh, 2014, when I was thinking about doing a podcast, it was not going to be meditation. In 2015, when I was still thinking about doing a podcast, and I started taking some action towards it, it still wasn't going to be meditation, even though I'm a hypnotherapist, hmm. and the idea of doing meditation definitely fits within the wheelhouse. My resistance to it was that I like to drink red wine, I drop the F-bomb, I <laughs> fail as a parent all the time, I am not like a guru, so who am I to do a meditation podcast? <laughs> hmm. And then people kept saying, by you would be really good at it. Like it's your voice Mm -hmm. and kind of how you talk to people anyway. Um, So finally I threw my hands up and I said, okay, fine, I'm going to do this for a year. I'm going to put some content out there and I'm going to see what happens. And that's Mm -hmm. how I launched the show. It was literally just, I'm going to do this for a year. I'm going to put some content out there and I'm going to see what happens. And now it's become this big beautiful, I can't believe how lucky I am that I get to do this show every week gift to both Mm -hmm. myself and the world.
0: Well, that's a beautiful story. I think how many of us just, you know, you might have an idea towards something, but maybe not even be willing to step out and do it.
1: (laughs) I mean, that you were
0: willing to just say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. And look where you are today because you stepped out.
1: Yes. I I think the willingness to try to experiment with something, to try Mm -hmm. something on for a while, these are the things that really create magic in our life.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So, Mm -hmm. yeah, do more Uh, of that.
0: (laughs) Do more of that.
1: Just experiment. I love love experiments. (laughs) That's how I consider most of the things I do in my life. If I'm going to make a change to – Um, how I'm exercising, I consider it an experiment. If I'm going to Mm -hmm. switch up how I'm eating, I consider it an experiment, these little experiments. Mm -hmm. And then you try them on, you see how they fit, like the way you would go try on clothing at the store. And Mm -hmm. you decide if it's something you're going to continue to do or if you're going to experiment with something else instead.
0: Mm -hmm. And how do you... Like just be in tune with yourself to know, oh, this is this is what I need to keep pursuing or this is not the direction I should be going. How do you get in touch with that?
1: Mm. Well, that's a juicy question, isn't it? If we could figure out the ultimate answer to that question, we could change the whole world.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, isn't that what we're doing today? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, one person at a time. So one person at a time. It's different for everybody, I think. and and the first step to being able to know is to be aware that the problem even mm-hmm. exists, be aware of what's coming up inside of you to begin to get more clear on, what is what I call knee-jerkery. So something happens inside of us or outside of us that causes that knee-jerk reaction, that knee-jerk emotion, that knee-jerk belief or thought. And the more aware we become of things that are knee-jerking us, that leads us to our programming. And most of our programming was given us given to us by well-meaning people when we were very young who just wanted to keep us safe. And, and know that we were going to be safe in the world. So it's not bad. It just may not be valid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So step one and- is figuring out what knee jerks you. Being clear about that. And then you mm-hmm. can go into the deeper steps of awareness. And part of the deeper steps of awareness is this idea, I think, of just trying something, making a specific time amount commitment to the experiment, and... Keep seeing what happens and what uncovers in the process of doing that. And maybe you'll fall in love with what it is that you've chosen to experiment with, and it will stay with you for most of your life, if not all of it. But Mm -hmm. even if it's just a one month experiment, you've Mm -hmm. already learned valuable information about what works for you and perhaps what doesn't work for you.
0: Mm -hmm. It sounds like an awakening, really, what you're describing is an awakening to maybe something that has been stuffed in there and you're not quite sure, you know? So you step out and something becomes awakened that you didn't know was there. And I yes. think that's beautiful.
1: Yeah, you could I say would. it's awakening. I I think the way that we create it is through curiosity. Mm. The more mm-hmm. we're in that place of like curiosity, the easier it is for us to become aware of these things. And I mean, I'm a single parent. I have a couple of businesses that I work on. Um, I've got my brick and mortar hypnotherapy business. I have the podcast, which has actually turned into a business that was not its intention in the, the first iteration of it. Um but that is what it has become and I'm getting ready to write a book and all of these things and so we, I think, got overly busy and wear busyness as a badge of honor in our lives and when we're overly busy, there isn't as much space for curiosity and reflection and like you said, awakening.
0: Yeah, that's really good. So as you've been learning, it sounds like, in meditation, what have you personally learned from your meditation minis over the years?
1: I have learned how to retrain my brain um, to a calmer, clearer state where things can happen around me in my immediate vicinity in the world around me and i do not feel that knee-jerk trigger reaction Um, i am able to stay in most situations calm open curious and i believe that when we live in that state of calm open curiosity then we're able to make better decisions for ourselves and everyone else around us. So I have definitely deepened my relationship with calm and curiosity.
0: That's good. I think even in my own life, just being curious and not judging, being quite so judgmental or critical of myself, and to be curious with myself has really brought some freedom in my life. So I appreciate that, that you use those words and um, that curiosity is something that I'm trying to practice. Um, As we talk about health and wellness and how you practice that, um, are there any like struggles that you've been through that Meditation has really helped you personally? So
1: I think the first thing to talk about is that when we, you and I, are talking about meditation, the kind of meditation that I'm referring to is what I would call micro meditation. Um, and let me explain a little bit more mm. about that, because I find that in modern times, this idea of micro meditation is incredibly... Incredibly helpful and valuable because it resets our relaxation response and we live in a state of chronic stress and anxiety in the world around us so there's the kind of meditation which requires you to sit and focus on something whether it's your breath or a mantra or some other focal point um, for anywhere you know 20 minutes to an hour when I'm talking meditation that's not what I'm talking about I used to do that um, and it can be very helpful. But what I do now is guided meditation, which the way I do it, I come at it from this kind of hypnosis thought of retraining our neurological pathways in our brain. And when you experience something in a guided meditation way, in a trance state with your eyes closed and relaxed, you're body and mind, your nervous system, your subconscious mind, they don't actually know, and this has been proven in several studies, they don't actually know the difference between what you're imagining when you're in that light trance state and reality. So you're retraining your brain to react in a calm, curious way in situations if you listen to guided meditations that do this. Or you can just listen to the ones that purely relax you. And then you may not be retraining your brain, but you are accessing a relaxed state and resetting your nervous system to that more relaxed state. Mm. The kind of meditation that I like to practice Some people might lump it into mindfulness and it definitely has like that aspect because mindfulness means that you're being mindful, you're becoming aware, you're becoming curious, you're staying out of judgment of self and others as much as, you know, as humans we can. But to take little moments throughout the day and just take three to 10 breaths and let yourself settle in To that space that you have gone to in a guided meditation, in a relaxation meditation, or even in a silent meditation practice to just settle into that for three to 10 breaths several times a day can completely transform your life in both energy and mental space like where you're choosing to put your thoughts for the day because you can stop you can pause you can breathe you can reset and you can choose a different direction Mm -hmm. or more powerfully choose the direction that you were already going but you become calm and clear and then able to make that choice
0: Mm -hmm. thank you for clarifying the differences um so i could see that just the guided meditation could really obviously help to retrain your brain to react differently in that moment or with a certain trigger.
1: Yes, it is incredibly powerful for that, Mm -hmm. as long as you've got the right kind. Again, you know, some guided meditation is just about you're walking in the forest and it's so relaxing and that's wonderful if you just want to relax.
0: Yeah, I think even just in physical therapy, how important I find, you know, people's triggers for pain are all sorts of triggers Mm -hmm. and how... Guided meditation could be really helpful for people when you know the air conditioning triggered their pain. Yeah, um, which you know we have to live in an off. You know my patients have to live in an in a building and or they work in a building and the air conditioner triggers it and they don't know what to do. So um, that's really helpful that you give these tools for people to be able to think differently and have a different reaction than that knee-jerk reaction.
1: Yeah, because it's just That's programming. Really Anything, Anytime we talk about a trigger, it's triggering a program, and we can literally shift the program.
0: So I help people um, as a physical therapist, but also just um, I do some strength training programs with people, and motivation is really hard for people with exercise um, do you do guided meditations to help change a person's um, maybe uh, ability to have maybe a little more motivation towards health and wellness? I mean, is that something um, that occasionally, you, you practice or yeah, help?
1: Occasionally on the podcast, we have stuff that's a little more of that kind of habit change, motivation, um, the process of that also tends to be fairly personal. And now that you've put this little thought in my head, of course, I'm going to sit here for the next couple of weeks and try to figure out how I can make it work even better on the podcast. So you've probably (laughs) inspired by this conversation, some upcoming episodes on how to have more motivation. Okay,
0: cool. (laughs) Cool, cool. You're right.
1: It is an issue that people have. The idea of motivation for me is really interesting. Um, Because I would actually argue, so I've been a hypnotherapist um, for over a decade, and I know a lot about, you know, how people's brains work and motivation and willpower as a result. And I don't necessarily find that people lack motivation. It's just that where their motivation is focused is not on the outcome that they currently want to create.
0: so so they're motivated they're motivated for something that's right (laughs) yes that is a motivation yeah no that's very very good that's very true they're just not motivated towards
1: the thing they want to create maybe what might be right Mm -hmm. so one of the first steps again is that awareness piece and then being curious like Okay, right now I have been in a habit of being motivated to come home from work and sit on the couch and watch TV and eat food.
0: hmm
1: When what I should, quote unquote, should do is go to the gym. So coming from this open, aware, curious place, what is it that sitting on the couch is doing for me? Mm-hmm. Why am I so motivated to do this? And then you have a list of things. Mm-hmm. So then you get to figure out how you can meet those needs of whatever it is relaxation, zone out, chill. I deserve a break because I work so hard this, you know, today. Um, I can't handle one more thing. Whatever these things are that are motivating you to be on the couch, what are some tiny little one to five minute things that you might be able to do instead to have those same needs met? Mm-hmm. And can you figure out a way to do any of them in a 20-minute span at the gym? Mm-hmm. Most people, when they think about going to the gym, they think they've got to go for an hour. So let's, right. let's cut that down to even just you know a 10-minute in-the-house high-intensity interval training session three times mm-hmm. a week. Like Just start there mm-hmm. rather than making it some other big thing that seems to be taking away from whatever's motivating you to do what it is you're doing right now that you quote unquote think you shouldn't should not be doing.
0: Right. Does this is this making sense? It's making complete sense. Yes. I think that's really good, which is tell me more about your hypnotherapy practice. How like what where is your specialty? What do you enjoy? What type of patients do you enjoy working with? Yeah,
1: so the hypnotherapy is actually in this transition place. In the next month, I'm going to go on sabbatical for six months to a year at least. Um, In the past, historically, I have worked with clients that have issues all around anxiety. So they may have food issues, but it's, you know, all wrapped into their anxiety. They may have panic attacks. They may be CEOs of large corporations, but they have... Anxiety And anxiety can be a very powerful tool. Um, A lot of successful people have it. It's been the driver that's caused them to be so successful. Mm. But like any tool, if we don't learn to actively, purposefully use it, (laughs) then Mm -hmm. it begins to use us instead. And life doesn't work when your tools are using you.
0: How might you help someone? What would be the journey that you would help someone dealing with anxiety
1: so it would be figuring out what the issue is and then using hypnosis um, which is really just a deeper more personally directed form of a lot of the work that I do on the meditation minis podcast Mm -hmm. so guided meditation and hypnosis are two sides of a similar coin or perhaps the same exact coin (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's just one's a lot more directed and the other one is a lot more open-ended and allowing okay so it'd be very similar you would get relaxed you would find a place inside yourself that feels good and relaxed you would anchor that in and then in your life you would practice it you could do hypnosis around reframing situations that in the past had made you anxious uh, a lot of times I find that the process of hypnotherapy is kind of akin to cognitive behavioral therapy with this meditative piece added in. So it shortens learning curves on the, the new behaviors. Um, and because your body and mind can't tell the difference between what you experience in a trance and reality, it makes that whole process just seem a lot more natural and easier to change but the reason why i am taking the the reason why i'm taking the practice or the the reason why i'm taking sabbatical from the practice is because i have learned over the decade a lot about how the mind works and i believe that one of the biggest issues we are facing as humans is that we are actually hypnotized often throughout the day by a wide variety of what I call subconscious mind influencers, which can include media, but media is not the only thing. And so, my vision is to write a book and to begin speaking about this so that people can learn processes that they can use themselves to dehypnotize themselves from this subfluence, knee jerkery place that we are living in, so that humans. All humans, in my big picture of the big world, all humans get to wake up every day and live lives that make them joyful because they're wide awake and they're realizing their potential in their day-to-day existence.
0: In your pursuit of understanding some of these things, what keeps you grounded? How do you find grounding. So when you
1: say grounding other than using that word what is the feeling or the state of being that you are meaning by using that word?
0: Um very good question. Um I think just I'm reflecting on myself and my own pursuits and you know things kind of discoveries that or passions um and as you were telling your story I was just thinking of myself and I think sometimes I I um as I'm going out and trying to get my um my passions out into the world sometimes I feel like I can lose myself sometimes if that makes sense like so when I say grounding um staying true to yourself I guess that's the word that I'm looking for just trying to stay true to I mean I think it's awesome I mean maybe just the sabbatical is is the answer is that you you um just know that this is the direction you uh are feeling you want to go and knowing where to break from if that makes sense if it's my question making sense yeah so
1: what it what I'm hearing you say is for you groundedness means a knowing of who you are and where you get to go next Mm -hmm. and having like some clarity about that. Am I, am I hearing you? Yes.
0: Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. So in that process, I would say that being clear about the vision of what you want to create in the world Mm -hmm. But not being attached to the how it needs to look Mm. and coming from a place in creation of a combination of calm and magic, like that joyful, magical quality that is a beautiful part of when we're making something new in the world rather than making it heavy and hard and have-tos. I find when I make things heavy, hard, and have-to, it's because I'm doing it the way that I think somebody else thinks I should mm-hmm. be doing it rather than just doing it the way that I would want to have it done. Right. So if you have a, some kind of business that you want to do, do it the way you in a perfect world would find it would work for you if you were the customer. Mm-hmm. That's literally what I did with the podcast. I made it short because I have ADD. I focused it around anxiety and stress because those are the issues that I have struggled with in my life. Um, And I just did that, (laughs) like short, make it about the result that you want, be very specific with each episode so that people know what it is that they're diving into, solve a problem, and make it about letting go of the anxiety and the stress so that we, I can be, we can be in a more positive state. And people told me lots of different ways that I should or shouldn't be doing my show. And I said, awesome. Thank you. I'm making a show that I would actually want to listen to. And I'm not going to listen to a meditation podcast that's 40 minutes long. That's not to say I can't make some longer ones for people. I'm totally good with that. (laughs) But you get to do what matches your vision. And also know that you, Beth, and everyone who is listening is enough already. And that doesn't mean that we can't, you know, do more tomorrow and build on our enoughness. But it's not that we're coming from a place of wanting. It's that we're coming from a place of calm joy. And that, for me, really shifted everything in my life and in my business when I came from a place of calm joy.
0: Yeah, I love your questions that you pose in your podcasts that really are very self-reflective and um, helping me. I mean, as I listen to you, just, you know, not many people in um, in my life ask a lot of those questions, you know, that I just really appreciate um, just your focus on self-esteem and self-worth and value, uh, just the positivity you have and letting go of what others think. I know for me and um, just my friends, it's hard to let go of that. I mean, when we live in this culture and and to, I think that's why I keep coming back to, how do you stay centered? How do you stay grounded? How do you stay true to yourself? I think this is probably just where I'm at in my journey, and which is why I'm asking you. Um, and I appreciate uh, your podcast and how you do help um, people to self-reflect and choose joy and increase their happiness and um i really like the forgiveness meditation that you did and just appreciate how you are helping people um discover what you just talked about (laughs) you know to be able to discover and listen listen to yourself so thank you
1: yes absolutely you are so very welcome and thank you for being a listener of the show if it weren't for listeners I wouldn't have a show so (laughs) I am very appreciative with every listener that I that I get to interact with
0: yes well thank you Mm -hmm. Uh, I have heard you say just a couple times in your podcast about mistakes or opportunities to do it better next time
1: yeah so It's really difficult for us to be in a state of resentment, depression, well, let's say states of resentment, depression, and even to some degree, anxiety. A lot of anxiety is future-focused, but it's also because of things out of the past, when we're concentrating on the things that we've done wrong. Recently, I've come to realize that nine times out of 10, when I say or when somebody else says, I need to fix this, that's actually an indicator that we're thinking somehow we're going to go back in the past and undo something. We don't often think about it like fixing a car. Fixing a car is I take it to the shop, they fix it and the car rides better again. Usually when we're talking about fixing something, we're talking about something that we, you know, messed up and we got to clean up now. So we can't fix it. We can't be focused on our mistakes mistakes are literally just opportunities to go okay that didn't work (laughs) and let me picture now in my mind because we are practicing self-hypnosis all the time let me picture now in my mind what I'm going to do in the future should a similar scenario occur that might give me a more positive result What we do instead is we tend to run the negative picture over and over and over again, which hypnotizes us into doing that same mistake over and over and over again. So seeing mistakes as opportunities to do it differently the next time allows us to reframe it in our mind and to take that moment and actively say to yourself, you know, okay, in the future, when this scenario comes up, what are three things that I could choose to do differently in a similar moment that might give me a different result than the one that I just had? And because your subconscious mind doesn't understand words, your subconscious mind only understands pictures, feelings, and tone of voice. And your subconscious mind is the reactionary mind. It's the habit mind. It's the feeling mind. By using those mistakes as opportunities to practice what you might do in the future, you're sending new pictures to your subconscious mind, which will support it in staying out of that knee-jerk reaction and to do something different instead. So that's why I love that line. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, that's a really good line. And I think if, yeah, you're right. If we just spend so much time thinking about that mistake and the self-criticism and the self-judgment that comes from that, I mean, it it really is a downward spiral.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. That is the ticket to the guilt and shame train of destruction.
0: yeah. Yeah, which I know I have experienced in my life. Just those really bad mistakes. Or so people around me told me that. Um, Mm. And then now that I realize, oh, wow, that was a path that um, I've learned a lot from. (laughs) So was it really a mistake? I mean, I really gained a lot from that. And, um, But to learn from it, right, so you don't do it again, but to also reframe it, um, that it was a positive experience just for learning opportunities, like you're mentioning, that you can do it better next time.
1: You can, and and sometimes we have things in the past that happened to us which are horrible, horrible things that should not happen to anyone in a beautiful world, Mm -hmm. but they have. Mm -hmm. And by choosing to see that as something in the past, you can't go back, you can't fix it, you can just find some positive learning from it and move forward, then whatever happened in the past no longer has power over you.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: We don't have to drag those terrible, terrible traumas around with us, we can just choose to take out the little sparkles of the little baby learnings. And sometimes they're more massive than that, but sometimes it's just one tiny little thing. Mm -hmm. And then we become empowered in the present moving forward because we can't change the past. There's nothing we can do to change what's already occurred. Mm -hmm. But we can stop giving it room to create our future Mm -hmm. by letting go of it in the present yeah it's just a choice like our our brain's job is to think it's going to think all kinds of thoughts and we have a tendency to cycle similar thoughts and we can get addicted to feeling certain ways and so we think things that create that feeling in us so a lot of its choice you're not responsible for your first thought but you are responsible for how long you choose to stay in the thought Mm -hmm. and you can say thanks so much for sharing You're not driving my head today. I'm going to go choose to listen to some music, dance around, whatever I need to do to like clear those cobwebs out because I'm choosing to live in a different way. I'm choosing to listen to other voices instead. Mm -hmm. And it's not that these negative voices are bad and we need to push them away. We just say we just ignore them. Like the power of ignoring those voices is way more powerful than trying to fix them Push them down or tell them they're bad. Just go, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm bored of you. Thanks so mm-hmm. much. And I'm going to go over here instead. Thanks. Bye. Mm-hmm. Oh, hello. <laughs> yes, that's my little Siamese. I'm surprised it took her this so long cute. to come over.
0: <laughs> so when I... I
1: record my show, she's often sitting next to me and I'm like holding her down, <sighs> petting her so that she's silent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And she loves it. She's like, oh, yes, hold me down and pet me.
0: (laughs) Right, right. How cute. Um, I just have a question about – I have people of all different religious backgrounds listening. um, Mm -hmm. And just curious about your – like the difference between like meditation, contemplation, prayer. How do you – how would you describe the difference between those for – you know maybe a christian versus i mean just different because i noticed that your podcast is not religiously affiliated with any specific religion yet you were voted the number one podcast for religion and spirituality of 2017 i thought that was really cool (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, I I was actually at that awards ceremony. I think there's a video online someplace, and I was so surprised that I won. I I I actually like f bombed on stage. It Did was you? Great.
0: Oh, wow, for religion and spirituality. <laughs> exactly. I'm like oh, yes. that just came out of my mouth. Awesome. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Edit. No. Um. <laughs>
1: So I think of I, I love this question, and um, I hope to be able to do it some justice with my answer. Um, when it comes to contemplation and meditation and prayer, and you know religion has a lot of rituals, you know you're up, you're down, you do this, you do that, which actually puts you into a trance state as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that the differences in all of this are like cooking. So when you cook something, you have different things that you do. You may heat something on the stove. You might put something in the oven. You might chop some other things. You know, you don't mix your raw vegetables with your raw meat. You've got these things that everybody knows when you cook, you do. Mm -hmm. But the meals might end up tasting really different depending upon the different spices and things that you put into it. So I think things like Prayer and contemplation and meditation and trance are like those cooking essentials. And then what we choose to do with them creates the color or the flavor of our experience. Mm -hmm. I'm also really like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) anti-dogma. So so I I like to focus more on like the underlying principles and processes Mm -hmm. that unite things. And anytime somebody tells me, well, that's wrong or that's bad, I get really curious because mm. when we have those kinds of strong reactions to something, I believe that's an indicator of that knee-jerked programming.
0: That may have developed from years of living of whatever. in a family, a culture, mm-hmm. a city, a, exactly. s- a state. Who yeah. knows? And somebody who was
1: born in the Bible Belt— is going to have certain belief structures because they were born in the Bible Belt. But that same person, if they were born in Istanbul, Turkey is going to have a different set of belief structures based on the culture in which they were raised. But the underlying processes we can all come to a connection to. Mm-hmm. I believe that pretty much everybody on the planet wants to be safe. They want to be healthy. They'd like to have a roof over their head, some food to eat, and some work that has meaning. And they would like these same things for their family. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that instead of all the things that we think divide us. Let's talk about the underlying processes and needs that unite us. Mm-hmm. That's where the change is going to happen. When more people are having those conversations.
0: So in closing, I always like to ask, um, what are three daily practices that help you stay healthy?
1: Okay, three daily practices that help me stay healthy. Eating the least processed food choices that I can, Mm -hmm. but without being like, completely dogmatic about it.
0: <laughs> of course. You just said that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: and that's things good. like that. I like to follow like the 80-20 rule. Like 80% <laughs> yeah. of the
0: time that I got 20% well, <laughs> wiggle room.
1: Yeah. I'm good. Because I'm not about the dogma. No. That's but definitely good. like paying attention to the food that I'm putting into my body. Mm-hmm. Um, paying attention to the thoughts that I'm allowing to live in my mind.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And as close as possible to the immediate moment, cleaning up any things that I do in the world that are causing hurt, harm, feelings of discare um, in others because we all have those moments where we, I mean, I've got a teenage son. I've got plenty of those moments. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I go right back and I'm like, you know what, I was like in a really crappy place. Can we like reset this? Can we restart? Let's take a deep breath. So really being aware of what you're creating, what I'm creating in others around me. Those are the three practices that support my health and wellness in all
0: things. Yeah, that's really good. Well, thank you for coming on to this podcast and just being so honest and vulnerable and sharing your wisdom. And thank you for your podcast. I think you're doing a beautiful job in the world and helping people with their stress and getting centered. And just want to thank you. Thank you so much, Beth. And
1: Thank you to any listeners who decide that they want to come over, check it out, and subscribe. I do sometimes do requests. So if uh, you've listened to the show for a while and you have a topic request, don't hesitate to reach out to me and let me know.
0: That's great. Where would they reach out?
1: My email is shell at shellhamilton.com. You can also find a contact form on the website. Okay well
0: thank you very much thank you beth have a wonderful wonderful week all right thank you you too balanced by beth is a podcast to inspire women to live strong the information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personal medical advice